We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to RotoWare's Wednesday NBA DFS podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. I'm Joe Barlow, and joined alongside me again, back to back days now here, Ben Miller. Ben, this is now two consecutive times I've taken the L on our FanDuel challenges. There was another close loss I I suffered at the hands of TJ Warren in our second overall podcast. Now, in this case, I feel like I suffered at the hands of my own undoing. A whole lot of underperforming. Dwayne Bacon, especially, you know, a guy like a 3,200 guy like that, just bad. And we saw a lot of the 11,000 guys on Tuesday do pretty well. So yeah. it felt like, it just felt like a disappointing day overall, despite the fact that all the top guys did exactly what you'd want to do. Yeah. You, guys. Yeah. Even though I like took, uh, snuck, snuck out the win here, I was also pretty disappointed with my lineup. Um, I felt it. so good about some of my 6,000, yeah, 7,000 yeah. guys. No, I agree completely. Like guys like Drew Holiday didn't perform. D'Angelo Russell didn't perform. Um, you know, it, it was a lot of those mid-tier guys that really just didn't do what, you know, you need them to do. It felt like a weird NBA day overall yeah. on Tuesday. I just didn't – there wasn't a lot of injuries that really impacted your DFS. Thing. Right, right. A lot, of, so a lot of the ones that were there, the, the price to port appropriately at this point. So I just didn't feel like – it just – it felt – it was a weird day. It was a weird day. It I was, was going to yeah. chalk it up to. Uh, you know, start fresh here. We only have five games. Only five games stay on this Wednesday slate. So there's a lot of decision-making that you have to go through with these 
There's not a lot of high-priced guys, and in fact, six of the ten highest-priced guys are centers. We're going to get to that in a little bit uh, as far as what we're going to do strategy-wise for our lineups. Not a lot of really valuable plays either. I haven't found any under 4,000 people I'm really fascinated by. Right, and of yeah. course, we're recording this at 11 o'clock you know, Central Time, so there's still a lot of injury stuff that could play out, but... As of this right now, we don't we don't have a lot to work with. This is it is what it is in the slate. Yeah, super super ugly slate. If you're looking for value, I nothing <laughs> below five thousand really piqued my interest too much. So that's definitely going to impact my strategy. Well, let's go ahead and get all ready to Ben's bold takes. We kind of changed up the format starting last week or well really Tuesday, um, and we'll kind of go over the big things that you need to know for putting together your DFS lamps tonight. Again, this could be anything from we loved Russell Westbrook yesterday that ended up being not great. Right. I think in large part due to the seven turnovers, not so much anything else. I mean, that that really impacted his scoreline. Right. Because yep. he did get close to a triple-double like you predicted. Yeah, he had the double-double pretty easily. I think he ended up with like 45 handle points or something. Mm-hmm. But if he, mean, you, you cut down on the turnovers, he's over 50, which would have been solid. Um yeah, it, it didn't it didn't work out as good as good as expected. So well, I, you know, you you make it a negative. I really didn't think it was that far off. I mean, that's the, the whole purpose of these uh Ben's bold takes is to kind of point out what we think is going to be a major impact for your lineups tonight uh again being a five game slate i think that in itself is one of the first bold takes is that yeah. you have five games here there isn't going to be a lot of value to find you're going to have to make decisions whether you want to pay up and just you know go crazy on some three thousand four thousand guys or just in a you know a 50 50 kind of lineup go with those seven thousand eight thousand guys and just roll it out for the rest of i think that's my first suggestion is what do you want to do yeah one way or another right right no exactly that that's definitely what I, I think my first take here is is you know there's not a ton of significant injuries here um nothing that you know immediately jumps out and say you have to play this guy you know who's who's moving into like the starting lineup for someone um you know so for that reason i'm kind of you know focusing on stacking that upper middle tier for tonight's slate you know the guys that are six thousands and seven thousands um those guys are all usually pretty consistent you know with decent floors but you know have that occasional outburst um so i'm kind of stacking that um there's a ton of very solid players in that range tonight um you got Devin Booker, 7,200. Goran Dragic, um, 7,100. Tobias Harris, 6,900. Thad Young, like 6,300. There's a ton of really good 6,000, 7,000 players that I kind of want to stack there um, rather than having to you know reach for for some three thousand, four thousand dollar guys. So that's what it feels like. And, and honestly, it also feels like being a five-game slate, you have to love the minutes. I mean, that's when, yeah. when I'm putting together my lineup and I have a couple of guys that are around that 4,000, 5,000 price range in between there, and I'm like... Oh, I don't know, but I know he's going to get about thirty minutes, and that's all we can hope for. That, that's to me, not it's not boom or bust. You're just looking for the minutes, and then hoping everything else comes along with that. Yeah, w- without injuries, that's that's kind of what you need. Uh, you need to focus on for sure. Is there one player you know again in Ben's bull takes that you you're feeling like you have to focus your lineup on, or at least DFS people have to make a choice? Do I want to play this guy or want to pivot elsewhere? Yeah, when I'm, so first off, when you're when you're going a ton of 6,000, 7,000 guys, you can't get too many huge, you know, 10,000, 9,000 guys. But if I'm grabbing one one guy at the top that I want to build my lineup around, it's definitely Steph Curry. Um, I, I'd plug him in first to my lineup. Um, Timberwolves Warriors game, highest over under the night. You know, Curry's got a very manageable price. It's 9,500. That's not crazy. Um, and I think the most important thing here, though, is is that the Timberwolves give up the most points in the league to point guards. So I think Curry should have the chance to have a, a, a nice little field day. That was absolutely the first thing I thought. Yeah. You know, yeah. I love that def- defensive positioning tool that we have on Rotoway. I like to see that quite a bit. And again, Timberwolves do allow the most Fanduel points to point guards. That's great. 
worth pointing out there is only one player in the ten thousand price range on this five thousand dollars or five five game slate. I should say it's Kevin Durant. 10,400. 10, I think there's what only two, two, four, six guys that are nine thousand. That's yeah. that's it. And I, I understand we have a five game slate, but normally you see a little bit more high priced guys. I mean, Steph Curry is the fourth highest priced player overall. So you're going to have to make decisions as to who you want to pay up for. But I put pay up in imaginary quotes because right. this yeah. is completely different than even like your seven, eight, nine game slates where you have at least. A couple ten thousand, eleven thousand guys to choose from. Yeah, there's not a lot of star star power once you get outside that that Warriors Timberwolves game. So that that definitely makes it where you kind of have to you know hone in on one or two of those guys. Well, let's run through the matchups quickly that we have going on in this five game slate. A few injuries to kind of keep watch of, but not so much that we hadn't really discussed yesterday. First being that Pacers Pistons game at seven o'clock Eastern time. We have uh, Dom Fast and Furious Sabonis going to be out with a calf injury. We speculated that was going to be Al Jefferson. That was going to be playing more minutes because of that. And we thought, great, Anthony Davis to Marcus Cousins are going to go off. Yeah, right. Anthony Davis to Marcus Cousins did go off. Oh, yeah. Davis Al had Jefferson a did not play. <laughs> right. He did not play at all. We actually saw a little bit more of TJ Leaf, who at, at that time when we were doing the podcast thought that he was already going to be ruled out. No, he got questionable designation. Of course, as soon as you see them change from out to questionable, you have to assume that he is going to play. Right. Um, but really, it wasn't TJ Leaf. It was not uh, Al Jefferson. It was... Lance, I'm going to blow in your face, uh, Stevenson. Right. That was the guy that saw a lot of minutes. And we were talking off air. Wow. You know, like I, I didn't get a chance to watch the game. I'll be completely honest. But it's not like you're playing him against Anthony Davis or DeMarcus Cousins. So I'm curious to see if we're going to see the same type of thing in this Pistons match where Lance ends up being a bigger part of that offense. Yeah, and we're talking about how it's going to be a, a much smaller lineup that they're facing in the Pistons rather than, you know, Davis and Cousins. So um, I, th- I definitely think, you know, it looks like Stevenson had 28 minutes yesterday. Um, so that's that's a pretty hefty workload compared to guys like Al Jefferson and TJ Leaf, who had under 15. Um, I think that definitely presents an opportunity to find one of the the, the sole lower tier cheap guys for tonight with, with Stevenson. Um, but it looks like it, it was more just Thad Young and Miles Turner just taking almost 40 minutes, um, which is a little scary on the second night of a back-to-back. That's but, exactly what I was going to bring up, yeah. too. So that, now we know, I mean, we assume that Miles Turner and Thad Young, who we both had in our lineups last night, or well, yesterday, were going to be bigger impacts because I'm not sure I anticipated that many minutes, especially given they had another game to play today. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think that Stevenson, especially at 3,300, Near minimum, that's, yeah. That's it. 3,300 in a small forward spot where there are some options up top and then a whole lot of question marks in the middle. That might be one where you almost have to go down if you're looking at paying up for multiple big high-priced guys. I, I don't know. We'll get to our lineups in a little bit. I didn't think about that initially. I think maybe I would, I would rework it if I had another chance of looking at it. But uh, that's one to consider. And given the fact that Stanley Johnson, who is really the, the Pistols' nominal starting power, or sorry, small forward, is going to be out with a hip injury, and we have John Luer, who is out with an ankle injury, that's two guys that really, if you're going to play bigger, you need those people in there, and they're not. So I think that the guy, Tobias Harris, who normally plays power forward, likely is going to be a small forward type of player potentially and you see other smaller guys coming there too yeah it's going to be a, a much smaller uh lineup all around i think for the pistons um lure hurts their depth a lot in that in that in the big men there so we could see some henry ellenson picking up some some more minutes um but it should be a smaller lineup overall which i think again benefits you know lance stevenson coming in because he, he's kind of a, a dual threat guy that can play multiple positions in the you know the front court and back court last night i want to say was one of only two times that he scored over 20 fandle points this season 
Uh, he's only gotten, I think, well, actually, sorry, he's scored three times over 20 Fanduel points. Not coincidentally, he's had over 20 minutes three times this season. So we're looking at it like this. If he gets over 20 minutes, he's likely getting over 20 Fanduel points. Right. At 3,300, that's exactly what you're looking for. That's over that five times the value price tag that we're looking at. I, I think that he's almost almost a must-play yeah, I mean, we talked point, about yeah, I we talked about so. the minutes to begin with. You know, if they're getting minutes, that's what you're you're looking for in that in that smaller slate, especially for a, a thirty three hundred dollar price guy. Moving on to the Knicks and Magic on their seven o'clock Eastern Time tip off. We know Joe Kim Noah will be out with the suspension. I was a little intrigued on the other side of that. Alfred Payton is a game time decision with the hamstring injury. He did practice Tuesday. I think we're expecting him to come back and play. Right? I think I think it, it seemed pretty pretty um you know it it looked good for him at least that that, you know he went through a practice tuesday i think that's usually the indicator that you know this guy's ready to go and the seven thousand price point guard there are some good point guard options i think tonight i like that going against a knicks team that really hasn't been you know that successful this season obviously they have chris taps porzingis who is literally a god uh at basketball but at the same time i think that if alfred payton plays he's actually a reasonable option if you don't want to go to some of those high-priced guys like Kyrie irving like steph curry yeah especially without dj augustine as backup like that that that's going to mean a ton of minutes for him i know the magic Has he been ruled out for certain now i think augustine is for, i mean not for certain but i'm pretty sure he's he's um he's expected With to the sit out like, yeah he's missed yep. the last two games um you're right i i so long as he's ruled out, I think that makes it even better because that, yeah, you know, exactly. You're going to give Peyton, I think, a lot of minutes. Normally, you like to stay away from people that have been on the mend for a little bit, but exactly, at the same yep. time, you know, I, I think that he's a guy that you're worth paying up for. He can give you those steals and blocks too. Yeah, and sometimes it gives like. you some some low ownership too if if you're trying to get someone that no one else has and, and kind of you know boost your standing in a tournament setting. Uh, Lakers and Celtics, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. We know that Larry Nance is going to be out for quite a while now with that broken thumb, opening up some more minutes for Julius Randle. And, uh, gosh, who, they start somebody else differently, I think. Uh, Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma. Kuzma? Kuzma. No, Kuzma. Kuzma. Yeah, yeah. And he looked okay, I think, in his last matchup. I, I don't anticipate Kuzma getting a lot of minutes early on, but that might be one of those situations where as time continues to go on with Lance being or Nance being out, we see Randle still get his double-double stuff, but not much more. And maybe Kuzma gets a little yeah, bit Yeah, Kuzma's more. had some big games. I mean, he's a rookie, so he's going to be inconsistent and, and have the down games. But um, he's he's definitely taking minutes away from Randall, which which you know kind of hurts his value a little I bit. I don't feel good about either of those guys against the Celtics tonight, though. I mean, that's not one where I'm like, ooh, yeah, you know, fantastic. Can't wait to use that one. I mean, I'll admit I have Randall in my lineup. <laughs> and, and, and I'll mention this when we get there, but it's probably my least favorite play that I have okay. in my lineup. All right, well, and then, of course, Andrew Bogut's game-time decision uh, with the back injury. Not a huge DFS purpose anyway. Marcus Morris missed the last game for rest purposes, but he has returned to the Celtics rotation overall. Likely should be in the starting lineup tonight against the Lakers. Now, whether he sees enough minutes to get fantasy goodness, well, eh, uh, I'm uh, the jury's still out on that one. I'm, I'm staying away, but we're only a few weeks away, I think, in my opinion, from Marcus Morris really being a valuable DFS guy that you want to catch on that upswing, which you're always pointing out. Yeah, these podcasts. Yeah, you you love catching someone at their lowest price. So a, a guy that's been injured through the whole beginning of the year, I think he's only played one or two games now. Um, you know, if he's starting getting a ton of minutes, maybe that's a guy you you take a shot at. Heat Suns nine o'clock Eastern Time tip off. No real injuries for the Heat. Greg Monroe, of course, was traded yesterday. We talked a lot about that in the beginning of Tuesday's podcast. 
Uh, he will be out and still has that calf injury anyway. I don't even know if he's a huge DFS guy, if, even if he comes back, especially in that uh, the Suns. You know, a crowded front court with they so many Chandler, Lynn. Yeah, I, they, they've been talking about they're going to try and trade Monroe. Which makes sense. Which we, makes we sense. We talked and about then, that too. Yeah, and if not, I think he could end up just getting released or something like that. Who knows? Yeah, it's true. And then, of course, Timberwolves and Warriors discuss that. That's the highest over-under on the night. 10.30 Eastern time tip-off. I'm excited to watch that game. Uh, oh, yeah. I think for DFS purposes, I think that's that has to be one of the best ones to to utilize as well. I'm I'm intrigued in that Heat Suns game, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, really, only injury to note: David West set out the last game for rest purposes, but he'll be back. Not a huge DFS purpose anyway. Let's get to the questions we talked about a little bit earlier in this podcast. Of the ten highest priced guys, six of them, six are centers. That you only get one center on fan. Right. Right. So. It's a question of do you want to pay up for that center spot or do you want to use the money elsewhere in the two positions everywhere else in the court? What is your strategy overall given that six of the highest 10 players are centers? I honestly think you kind of have to. You have to pay up for the, one of these top six guys. I think the next tier below is Brooke Lopez and Enos Cantor, and I, I, I'm not a fan of either of those plays. I, I think, and then you know anything below that's pretty brutal. Um, I think I think paying up for those top one of the top six is is probably the best way to go here. Um, I'm still kind of you know fading the top two Towns and Drummond, um, and I think that's a better choice to you know pick between um, guys like Whiteside, Vucevic, and Turner. I think that's that's the the, the area zone I'm I'm kind of targeting in that in that center position. And and to be clear, I mean there's there's eight centers that are priced above 6,500, and then that's where we're chopping off into that Alex Len territory. Exactly, which you mentioned yep. before. Tyson so, Chandler. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you that you have to pay up. For one of those centers, I do not agree that you have to pay up and get a guy that's nine thousand seven hundred. Carling Towns, Andre Drummond nine thousand four hundred, Sam Whiteside nine thousand. I don't agree that we need to pay up to that point. That's, right, right. I think that really the sweet spot is in that six thousand to seven thousand range, and there are four guys to target. But you talked about Carling Towns. Warriors are actually probably middle of the pack in stopping the center spot. He really hasn't thought, or he hasn't really improved as much as we thought he would this season, especially with all those guys they added in the off season. I'm not. I'm not high in cat. Uh, you know, nine thousand seven hundred. He's one of those guys that's lower priced for what he does. But I think he's. That's okay. I, that's. I'm not touching that one at all. Yeah. When I first, you know, when he first dropped below the ten thousand, I was salivating at it. I was like, oh, he's in my lineup no matter what. Like I'm putting him in there. But yeah, I agree. This is just. I just don't see it there against the Warriors. I, I don't. I don't like the play. I'm not a huge fan of Andre Drummond either. I know that he's gotten, what, I think double-digit rebounds every single game this season, and that alone gives you a solid floor that you can build your lineup around. And we talked about how the Pacers are coming off a back-to-back, too. I mean, that adds into it, especially when Miles Turner is getting 40 minutes. But at the same time, Miles Turner is pretty good, too. Pacers, another middle-of-the-pack team in terms of not just allowing Fandle points to centers, but getting rebounds, allowing rebounds to the centers. That's where Drummond gets a lot of his value. I think he gets that double-digit mark. But I'm not sure he gets the points necessarily. And I think, you know, you're not going to get a 50-point game from him like you saw against the Kings last time out. Yeah, I, I'm fine with playing Drummond. I just think, again, the price, he's, he's like the second-highest guy. I On this small slate when there's not a ton of value um, you know, below, I, I, I've struggled to have to pay up for the center position that high. I, I think you're right with the zone, try and catch it in the, the 7,000 range. Same thing if goes possible. for Whiteside, too. Like, I'm just not, I'm not, that's a 9,000 guy. I like I liked the matchup against the Suns. I'm concerned about the minutes overall, like how much he's going to play. He's coming off that injury. Well, he didn't play last time out. It just it's it's a little bit worrisome for me overall. I'm not I'm not going there. So it really it really does become. I'm looking at the guy. Maybe maybe uh, Vucevic at 8200. 
maybe, but even then. I think Vucevic has the best matchup of them if, if, you're, if you're looking directly at that. And, you know, he's going to get matched up against Kanner or, I mean, maybe Porzingis. It depends on, you know, which way they go. Porzingis. Probably Porzingis. Um, I, I, I think he's probably got the better matchup. But uh, again, I think both, you know, Turner and in Horford are guys that are priced right for, um, for that position. Because of such a small slate, I don't really have a second question to rule with. So I think it's going to be best that we just get into the Rotoware Optimizer lineup, get into our lineups, kind of discuss a little bit uh, what our strategies were. Because at this point, five games, uh, there, there's a lot that we have to kind of discuss as far as where we want to go at point guard, shooting guard, small forward. Uh, so let's look at the, what the Roto op- Optimizer has right now. Kyrie Irving going against the Lakers. I love that play a lot. At 8900 I'm not quite sure I like the price yeah. so much. We talked about how we love Steph Curry. I tried desperately to find a lineup to get Irving and Curry in there. Can't do it. Can't. Not that you couldn't. You cannot do it and not and then sacrifice elsewhere. At least in a, in a 50-50 setting, I'm not touching a dual lineup with both of those guys. I think I think you're like it I got Irving in my lineup. I, I got him in there. And when I originally put him in there, I didn't actually even look at the price that closely. Like I, I threw him in there and then no lie, I finished my lineup. I looked at him like, holy crap, he's eighty nine hundred and I that's tough. That, that that is tough. I'm still rolling with it, but I, yeah, I preface the whole thing because I know you have him. Yeah, no, and I, I, I dead, dead serious. I looked at it. And I was like, I made my lineup, finished it, and all of a sudden I saw his price again. I'm like, oh boy, that might be a little too expensive for him. To to be fair to you though, I didn't. And when I was doing these lineups, and I, again, I was really trying to get both of them because I like Irving's matchup against the Lakers quite a bit. I'm not high in Lonzo Ball against him. I, not high in Lonzo against the Celtics in general. Other side of that matchup, like Irving quite a bit. I didn't have Stevenson in my lineups when I was trying that out. I think that's how that opens that right. gate for you to do that. Exactly, but yep. At the same time, you know, do you want to do that? Do you want to spend up high when there are probably guys that, while you don't expect a Goran Dragic, who is also the optimizer second point guard option, or my guy, Jeff Teague, you don't expect those guys to be able to replicate Kyrie Irving numbers? They might get close. And Drogic was a guy last year I remember had like the floor of no matter what he was getting more than 30. Like it didn't matter. I think I swear every single game he had more than 30 points. I, I love Drogic almost on any given day just because of his floor. Just a little bit of a twinge of a revenge game too going against the Suns. Okay, at 7, yeah, yeah. You know, DJ and those guys love to talk about the revenge games and how they actually really impact fantasy stuff. I get that narrative. I'm not always on board with it, <laughs> especially not one where it's what, two, two years past at this point? Right, right. I, I think the Suns overall are tough, and I, to me, the, the Heat-Suns matchup overall is a sneaky, fantasy goodness matchup. But at the same time, yeah, I, I don't I mean, know. if Bledsoe was still on the Suns, I'd be more worried about the defensive matchup you know, between Dragic and the Suns. But I, I, I think it's a, a pretty solid one when you're going up against a guy like Mike James, who's a two-way contract player, just kind of filling in at this point. If everything were equal, uh, Jeff Teague against the Warriors and Goran Dragic against the, the Suns, I want Dragic. Yeah, two hundred dollars difference actually made a big deal for my line, so I couldn't, <laughs> I could not pull that off again. Put Lance Stevenson in there, and we we see things differently. But we'll get through the Roto Raptors a little bit more. Andrew Wiggins, sixty three hundred, kind of a scoring only option against a Warriors team that really has done pretty well against that shooting guard spot overall. Wiggins is going to get his numbers. I'm not sure he gets the rebounds and steals and everything else that I need at that high price tag, which is actually a higher price on the shooting guard spot as a whole. Yeah, you like it because of the the game's going to be super up-paced against the Warriors. That that usually helps scores. Um, but again, I think you're right. It's just, he's a one-trick pony. I, I don't, he's not a favorite play of mine on really any slate. The Optimizer also has Josh Hart going against the Celtics. 
Ben, I'll be completely honest. I'm not sure who I know who Josh Hart is. <laughs> I know he's on the Lakers, clearly. Right. Uh, I know that he's 3000 priced, and that means that he's not very good. Dead minimum, yeah. Uh, I think that if the optimizer knew what we did about Lance Stevenson, it would probably be flipped around that Stevenson would be the second small forward option behind Kevin Durant at 10400 As it stands right now, the optimizer has Jimmy Butler at 7700 and I'm not. I looked at that one, too. I'm not on board with that against no. Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, everyone else. No way... Am I doing a 7,700 against the Jimmy Butler and Warriors? No, he, he's only had 20 minutes once this season so far. And he, he's a rookie. He doesn't... In the last two games, he had 12 minutes each. Um, don't, don't touch Josh. So then it becomes... And, and your lineup does this. I mean, a little bit foreshadowing. Not so much really. Devin Booker is that guy you put in as that second shooting guard spot in the optimizer lineup. And then you just switch Stevenson around. You still have the 3,000 guy in your lineup. You now have a 7,000 guy in your lineup. That almost works out perfect savings-wise right, yep. to equate that. So I think that's where the optimizer would go. And you, you look at that and then it's like, oh, I, it's not a bad lineup overall. Because then we have Julius Randle at 4,500. Uh, Henry Ellison, who you mentioned earlier, is the other power forward option. Another minimum price guy at 3,000 against the Pacers. I love my Wisconsin products here. You know, I think he's a Marquette guy, correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So I'm from Wisconsin. Yep. Yes. I love Henry Ellison. The fact that he's from Marquette. I don't love him for DFS purposes, even with all those guys out, despite all that. No, I'm just, I'm not going there. Um, and that's where I think that the optimizer strays just a little bit. Yeah. It's a little too star and scrubby for this, this sort of slate. I just don't think exactly. that's, that's the strategy you want to go here. <sighs> Sam Whiteside rounds out that lineup. And that's of course why we have Henry Ellison in there is to get a guy like Whiteside, 9,000 priced. Again, I'm worried about the minutes. Probably shouldn't be because he played, he didn't play last game for a reason. So he could be rested for this game. Um, when he's out there, I, he's, he's a quality option. I get it. I think, yeah, I think he'll be fine against that. the Suns. The Suns aren't necessarily like bad at defending centers or anything like that. I think Whiteside's going to get his going to get his you know points and rebounds, but I don't think he's going to have that that huge game that you're looking for when you're you're paying up for a guy that's in the nine thousands. I should correct myself. He didn't. I mean, he did play. He played sixteen minutes, but that was that uh, famous game now where Spolstra benched him for the yeah. whole half because for for he, like the rookie bam out of bio or yeah but it was like, like for hustling reasons yeah too. yeah so actually i could i now that i you know going back and look at that i don't mind playing him because that has to be one of those light fire under your butt kind of things exactly yeah um so nine thousand that that might not be a big deal of the nine thousand priced centers i like him the best over drummond over cat i like whiteside more than i agree with that take yeah no i i I do actually agree with that i think i think whiteside's got the the best matchup of those three but again i i don't think he's gonna have that huge huge game that you're you're looking for you know at a nine thousand price let's go ahead and break down our lineups we have steph curry kyrie irving i talked about that with your lineup at the point guard spot those are the two highest priced point guards i believe right I think I think you are, yeah, and it's not even close. If I'm if I'm remember correctly, it's those two, and then it drops to Alfred Payton that's at seven thousand. Yeah, yep. fifteen hundred dollar difference between the top two: of Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, down to Alfred Payton, who again we thought was okay. Goran Dragic, Jeff Teague, round up the top five for that point guard spot as far as highest priced players go. I, you know, I I wanted to find a way to have Kyrie Irving in there again. Lance Stevenson with his minutes the way it is and what we're expecting for this game, I can see it a little bit more. Get, do you feel like it hindered one specific area of your lineup? Like, was there a player or players that you're like, I wish I could have had them in, but I didn't because I have Kyrie Irving? Not in terms of point guards wise. I I I think anyone below them on point guard, there, there, there's there's some solid options. Like like we said, Drogic and Teague, um, they're both very solid. I don't think it really hindered me much just because of the approach I took with you know sticking with those um, those upper mid tier guys of six thousands and seven thousands. That way, I only had to really drop for a guy like Stevenson. Um, 
I, I don't think it really hurt me too much solely because, you know, I got lucky with one Stevenson um, cheap, almost minimum guy there. Right. Um, but no, I, I really don't think it hurt me that much. I had Jeff Teague, Steph Curry. So we were both on the Steph Curry bandwagon. I suspect that especially in, you know, cash lineups, that's going to be a player that you see routinely rostered, whether 30% orange rate, even higher than that. I think you look at the Timberwolves, think, oh, they haven't been very good this season. Really struggle against the point guard spot. We talked about that before. I like that a lot. So that's the guy to me that you're, if you're going to pay up, and you should, you're going Steph Curry. Moving over to the shooting guard spot, Devin Booker. We talked about this a little bit earlier when we were discussing the Rotoware Optimizer lineup. You kind of put him in there with that Lance Stevenson spot. He has the potential to go off and score any night. At 7,200, I'm not at all worried about the Heat defensive play at all. I, yeah. Th- there's always risk there. But not at a guy that's at seventy two hundred. I love the Booker price. I think he was even eighty two hundred last, like the last game. So that's a thousand drop off. You know, maybe it's because of the, the the matchup. If they're you know, Fanduel was worried about it. It's just, it was just super weird to me because Fanduel doesn't usually change their prices that much. Not that uh, on a game to game basis. So that was one that kind of just stuck out to me right away, and I I jumped on that right I feel, away. I agree with you. I feel pretty good about that. And honestly, hindsight, I, I think I would have tried to find a way to get him into my lineup. Your other shooting guard option, Dion Waiters. Not so much sold on him. He's 6000 priced. I get it. Waiters Island, it's all fun and glory to, to kind of follow along with that. The flip side of that, going against Devin Booker, who's not necessarily known as a defensive stalwart. I still like my mid-tier options that I have in my lineup. What give me, Sell me on DM Waiters as a guy that you need to have in your lineup. So he sat out the last two games for the birth of his child. He's inspired, man. He is so inspired by new life. <laughs> no, I, I just think he's going to be super well-rested. Um, it's a favorable matchup, I think, against the Suns. It's going to be fairly up-paced. Um, I could see him just coming in and launching. So you you selling me <laughs> he's inspired he a baby by his li- yeah, new life. And he has a potentially good matchup. That's- yes. Yes, right, yeah. well-rested, two games didn't, off. Didn't do a good enough job there. I'm still sticking with Contavious <laughs> Caldwell-Pope. That's my option, a guy that we didn't really talk about on the injury front. He's expected to return for the Lakers. I know the Celtics are a pretty good defensive team, but there has to be someone that scores. It's not going to be Brooke Lopez. The, the Celtics are the number one team against centers uh, in all of along Fanduel points, but really just any points overall to that center spot. That's a guy that kind of sneakily carries that team offensively. He's going to be shut down by Al Horford, so I think that Contavious Caldwell-Pope is going to be coming back, scoring a little bit of points. I like it as a player also that won't be utilized quite a bit. At yeah. Under 5,000, I'm not anticipating a lot of people are going to be riding him against the Celtics team. Yeah, we saw a lot with Caldwell-Pope last year with the Pistons where he just blew up for those random huge games. He hasn't done that as much this year, but I think it's definitely something that he can do. Um, so I don't I don't hate that as you know for a guy that you're you're paying down a little bit for my other shooting guard options Courtney Lee going against the Magic at 4500 obviously Magic Knicks game not a huge DFS one that you're like oh got to play that one out at the same time we're talking earlier in the podcast this is a minutes slate I'm looking for players that are getting minutes Courtney Lee has been averaging I think close to 28 a little bit over than that um, I'm not expecting more than 25 Fanduel points if I get more than that gravy fantastic but it's not it's not a situation where I can afford that. If I'm going to take up one of those two, Contavious Caldwell-Pope or Courtney Lee, to put in a Devin Booker, I'm taking out Courtney Lee. I think that Caldwell-Pope is going to provide me just a bit more explosiveness, Yeah, yeah. especially in a tournament setting. I really like that play because I don't know how many people are going to be on him. Much more upside with yeah KCP rather than, than Lee. We've talked a lot about our small forwards already. I think I, if I were going to redo my lineup, it would be Lance Stevenson in there at 3,300, especially the benefits of all the mints that he got last night. Uh, your other option, Brandon Ingram at 6000 Another guy that's that mid-tier price going against the Celtics. Ingram, he's had his moments this season, but he's also had what I would just say nicely 
is not his moments this season. Too. Yeah, no, I honestly, when I looked at it, I was looking at his box scores and his fan duel points. I actually didn't even realize he was playing as well as he as he has been. You know, last year he was a guy I like to to drop down. He was pretty cheap. Yes, he, he like was in that four thousand, four thousand, five thousand, absolutely. And you know, I saw his price at six thousand. I'm like, oh wow, this guy must be playing pretty well. Um, I guess I just hadn't been paying attention. But yeah, he's he's had some pretty big games. I think a couple forty fan duel point games out there, um, scoring extremely well. 20 and 18 points in his last you know, few games. Well, Double-digit scoring in the yeah. last five overall. Yeah, so that, that kind of surprised me. And I, I think a guy that can get that multi-category production, that's what Ingram is, is a lot of times known for already. So I I think it's a pretty solid play. He's actually, you know, it, that's the same thing. I didn't realize he was doing as well as he did. He, yeah. He's had one game in the last six that was a stinker against the Raptors. Not, he only played 23 minutes. Every other game, he's averaging over 30. He's gotten a double-double in that second-to-last game against the Nets. I, you know, I I think that's pretty reasonable to assume he gets 30. I put TJ Warren in my lineup in that spot, only $300 more, simply because he burned me as hard as he did when we, <laughs> when we last started podcast. We know what he's capable of doing. Oh, yeah. He probably don't give you that, but I don't think the Celtics give you that either. So if you're going to like, who has the better matchup? I think it's kind of a toss-up between Ingram and Warren, correct? No, I could definitely see that. The matchup is it, it favors Warren for sure between him and Ingram. Um I, Warren, I, I love Warren solely because probably because I beat you with him. <laughs> that, that could have been the, nowhere, the reason. Yeah. No, I just think you know he's he's that second scoring guy now behind Devin Booker without Eric Bledsoe there. So he's always going to have the chance to kind of blow up for for those huge games, and that dude can score and score quickly. Um, so I don't I don't hate that play. Uh, Jonathan Simmons is my other small forward option at forty eight hundred going against the Knicks. If Alfred Payton were to be out, and we already know that DJ Augustin, or we at least are assuming, is likely to be out. Jonathan Simmons has stepped up into the starting lineup and, and taken a little bit more of that. Now, last three games, he's actually seen his minutes dip. So this is very careful, and, and you've seen his FanDuel points dip too. But prior to these last three games, he had a 31, 47, 26, 16, 26. Those were the four games where, before he saw his minutes dip. I really think the Magic are going to try to utilize Simmons a little bit more this game. And I, I think he's an offensive talent. I like him. And I like Stevenson if I'm going to do the small forward spot. So that means you can pay up at shooting guard, at point guard with your Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry plays. You can go anywhere else because I don't really feel like there's a must play on that small forward slate. Yeah, I think Simmons, is, it's good that his price is slowly dropping again. You know, after those three or four, or, you know, three or four big games he talked about, he got up into the 5,000s. So I, I like that he's back down to 4,800. I wish he was 4,500. Um, but still, I, I think that's that's solid. Uh, my point or my power forward option, Chris Tepp Porzingis. I've been high in him all year, and he hasn't really let me down so far. Ninety eight hundred, obviously one of the highest priced guys on this five game slate. Not worried about the Heat. I think that for the Knicks to win, for them to be competitive, Chris Tepp Porzingis has to be the uh, Porzingis guy that we know him to be. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not yeah. worried about. It. Like I, I have no gripes with Porzingis. That dude has been phenomenal. Really ends up being, do you want Porzingis or do you want Kyrie Irving in? And that to me, okay, at nine hundred dollars savings. I like the Irving play more, but I, there wasn't a lot that I needed to pay up for. Right. It's kind of how I felt like maybe you put those $900 savings and try to finagle a way to get Whiteside in there too, who we like is the highest price center option. And maybe in different lineups, I'll have a situation like that. But give me Porzingis uh, and I'll take Teague instead of Irving. I think that that's probably going to end up being a similar production-wise, maybe even a bit more higher potential. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and then you have Tobias Harris. We talked about him quite a bit. Julius Randle, same thing for your power forward spot. Talked about him quite a bit too. My other guy, James Johnson, not as high. I mean, I've been using him quite a bit in podcasts, but he hasn't been able to you know, replicate a lot of the numbers looking at. This is simply because 
going against the Suns team that we think it's going to be a bit more up and down pace. Yeah. Going to have to utilize them. At 6,200, I'm not confident on it. That's probably my, I feel like my weakest play overall, um, given his price tag and everything else. But there wasn't a lot of great power forward options either. That's what we have with the five-game slate. He just absolutely killed the Warriors, it looks like, in the last game. He had 50 Fandle points. Yeah, it's not going to happen again. (laughs) No, no. But that is, he had some crazy all-around production in that game. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm hoping for something like that. Not expecting it, certainly. Uh, you know, I think that against the Suns, a lot of things positive can happen. It's not out of the equation. So I'll roll with him in a power forward slate that I have a lot of shrugging shoulder emojis going on anyway. Yeah, no, uh, fair. I, th- I think Tobias Harris, though, on my side, I think he's probably one of my favorite plays, I, I'd favorite, say. Not dude. favorite, but like one of the more upside plays. I think we talked about it yesterday with... Um, the Pacers were absolutely, you know, crap yes. against, you know, power forwards. And, you know, who knows if Harris is going to be small forward, power forward tonight. But um, I think he said four more games with, you know, thir- 37 or more Fanduel points. And uh, I kind of I like the play a, a lot, actually. <laughs> you know, I, that's not a bad one. I think I think that there's just some concerns being it's Tobias Harris and the Pistons. And you're like, ah, you know, they haven't right. been that great fantasy-wise unless you're Andre Drummond. Um, but I, I could see it. We'll, we'll go into the center spot here because there's a conversation we had. Who's the better center play overall, Horford or Turner? They are similar priced, 7500 for Turner, 7300 for Horford. I'm surprised, truthfully, that you went the Turner out given that the Pacers play, are on the back-to-back, that Turner played so many minutes, and he's going as Andre Drummond. And we were, but we were also worried about him against you know Boogie Cousins and, and Anthony Davis yesterday. Um, but again, there's no Sabonis. He's got to play minutes. I, there, there's not a whole bunch behind him, unless, like we mentioned, if Al Jefferson plays, that that experiment didn't appear to go well yesterday. If he only played 12 <laughs> minutes, so uh, I would I would assume that Turner is going to get pretty big minutes again, and that's kind of why I'm I'm not too worried about the the Drummond. It's the Courtney player. Just assuming that the minutes are going to be there, and yeah. the production has to follow with that. Okay, all right. You know what? That's fair. I really feel like Horford, Brooke Lopez is not that bad of a defender. I get that, but I feel like that the Celtics overall are a better team than the Lakers. They're going to be able to utilize that. I think it remains competitive, but I, I think the Horford play is going to be the better one. I feel like Horford's been shooting extremely well of late, if, at least Especially the games I watched. Pointers. Yeah, so I am have no gripe against Horford either. It's this. It just feels like a really eh, kind of slate overall. Yep. And I wish I had more expert analysis <laughs> other than eh. But at the same time, it's like, all right, roll with your gut. And that's why I think that both of our lives really are. I'm glad that we had so much variety because – the five games played, it's like, all right, now I'm going to play stuff. Yeah, a lot of times you get stuck with the same players. But we, There's a lot of different things you could do, and I think that is definitely because of Lance Stevenson and opening the door with that. Yeah. So, uh, a couple of notes, of course, before we sign off. If you enjoyed the podcast, please, please, please feel free to leave a ratings or review on iTunes or Stitcher. Obviously, we know that Ben loves those compliments by this True. point. Uh, it does great for us overall as a company and, and promotes more of these podcasts overall. So keep feeding those our way. It's, it's great to see those and really appreciate it. Uh, and then obviously we love FanDuel. This is the pod- podcast, the NBA DFS FanDuel podcast. Um, I, I, there's not much more that we can say at this point. I'd still, and I keep bringing it up every time. I love the fact that we can do these competitions together. Yes. We don't have to put any money on the line. Just say, all right, who's better, who's not. And it keeps track of that throughout the season too, which at this point isn't great to look at. <laughs> but, <laughs> you but can see I, that. I, I like I, you know, I'm starting to like it a little more now that <laughs> I got that one only, game lead. <laughs> you're only one game ahead. Stop it now. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, that's it's great about Fanda. We love using them. If you want a free six-month RotoWare subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million Dollar Maker, which of course, as the name states, has over $1 million in cash prizes for the NFL side, 
you can go ahead and uh, go fanduel.com slash RW for your first deposit on Fanduel and void where prohibited. You can go ahead and listen to Joe Pisapia and myself. Really, we talk every Monday recapping the NFL season, but also on Friday, he's with John McKechnie and they talk about DFS stuff too. So definitely give those guys a listen to, you know, even maybe potentially an iTunes or Stitcher review if you're feeling might as well, might as well. Give him the compliments to Ben and you can go ahead and give them to John and and Joe PCP over there too. Um, That does it for us in the NBA Wednesday DFS podcast, of course, again, sponsored by FanDuel. Ben, where can the people follow you on Twitter? At Benman doing work. Still the best Twitter handle at Rotoware. We probably should be doing this earlier. No one's no one's looking at your awesome Twitter <laughs> handle at the thirty five minute mark of the podcast. But anyway, you can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. That does it for us. We'll be back again Monday, hopefully, to talk more NBA DFS. Until then, see you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.